Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The California legislature passed a bill Friday that would ban the hand counting of ballots in most elections. Jefferson Public Radio's Roman Battaglia reports the legislation was targeted specifically at Northern California's Shasta County. Earlier this year, right-wing supervisors in Shasta County had ordered elections officials to hand count ballots in future elections. It's been found to be more expensive, more time-consuming, and less accurate than using state-approved machines. County Clerk Kathy Darling-Allen says the newly passed bill is tagged as urgent, meaning it will prevent hand-counting in the next local election. So that means when the governor signs it, it is law that that day um, immediately. So if he signs that, then we cannot hand-count this November's election, and we will have to pivot. Darling-Allen's elections office has been preparing for months for hand-counting. But the state intervention means they'll have to go back to using machines. The bill heads to the governor's desk, where it could be signed by October 14th. For the California Report, I'm Roman Battaglia. Shasta County Board of Supervisor Chair Patrick Jones has said the county would sue to block the bill if the governor does sign it. Much of the world's highest quality cotton is grown in the San Joaquin Valley. But as KVPR's Carrie Klein reports, the return of Tulare Lake has threatened this year's crop. If you've got a cotton hoodie or a pair of leggings you'd describe as buttery soft, chances are it's made of Pima cotton. And according to Roger Isom of the California Cotton Generers and Growers Association, the highest Pima producer in the country is Kings County. Not too many places can grow it like we do. But most of the land that would have been planted with Pima cotton this year was underwater. Some of the 170 square miles submerged when Tulare Lake refilled. How much Pima was lost will be more clear after harvest in October, though it still won't yield a full picture. There is definitely going to be multi-year impacts. This was an unprecedented amount of water. Too much water this year, plus too little water before that, is having ripple effects throughout the industry. Isom says at least two cotton processors, known as gins, have had to close their doors in the valley this year, leaving fewer than two dozen statewide. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. 
They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The popular social media app Instagram and its parent company Meta now use artificial intelligence to moderate content, but there are growing concerns that the training data for AI is biased against women and people of color. As we hear from KQED's Beth Tribole, a Los Angeles photographer thinks this algorithmic bias is part of the reason Instagram disabled his account. Merrick Morton worked as the set photographer on iconic movies like Fight Club and The Big Lebowski. Take it easy, dude. Oh, yeah. I know that you will. Yeah, well, the dude abides. But Morton is best known for his pioneering street photography from Los Angeles in the late 1980s. I think I'm the only photographer in the 80s who had the cholo culture, who also captured the black culture, and also captured the interactions with the police and these communities. His Instagram account held an archive of mostly black and white photographs, many of them formal posed portraits of gang members at home or on the streets. Sometimes they're clutching their girlfriends or kissing their mothers. Morton says a lot of those men and women thanked him for preserving their memories and honoring their culture. I had people communicating with me through Instagram, family members. I was getting back to them. But then, in August 2022, Instagram removed Morton's account. All of a sudden, one day, I lost everything. In one day, Morton lost his public archive of more than 500 photos, along with a community of more than 60,000 followers that he'd built over the years. Instagram said his photos, quote, violated community standards on violence or dangerous organizations. Morton reached out to Instagram through his network of contacts to deny that his work promoted violence. Instagram reinstated his account after a month, but took it down again and again over the next six months. In March, when his account was taken down for the third time, Morton started to wonder if the skin color of his subjects is the reason. We've seen this time and again, meta taking down content by and about people of color, while similar content by and about white people remains up. Attorney Jessica Gonzalez of the nonprofit Free Press is a watchdog for Meta's content moderation practices. She says Meta's use of artificial intelligence often leads to algorithmic bias, meaning either the code or the data set it relies on carries inherent bias. Gonzalez has called out Meta and its platforms, Instagram and Facebook, because she suspects its AI is more likely to remove images of black and brown people while violent posts from white supremacists stay up on their site. We've raised this with Meta many times leading up to the 2020 election and the 2022 midterms. We had militia groups actually organizing violent rallies, calling for people to bring guns. Brian Fishman used to run the team that monitored terrorism and hate groups at Facebook. He says that there can be real challenges with human teams, too. There are circumstances where... AI is actually more accurate in some circumstances than human reviewers, but there's also plenty of examples where that's not the case. Fishman says humans will always need to be in the mix, especially for nuanced decisions, but AI is also necessary to review the sheer amount of content every day. 
And so I think the hope and the promise of artificial intelligence is it allows you to make more consistent decisions at a higher scale. As for Morton's account, it was permanently disabled last week despite his request for a review. Meta has not responded to multiple requests from KQED for an interview. For The California Report, I'm Beth Tribole. And you can see some of Merrick Morton's photography on our website, kqed.org slash California Report. And that's this edition of the California Report for Monday, September 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint, fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors including watermelon and pineapple in stores or delivered from hintwater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.